All right, welcome back to the Directionist Progression Podcast. My name is Joshua Horner, and today I am coming to you from an observation tower on the Schaefer Mountain. I can see so far. The sun is shining down. It's beautiful here. It's a beautiful November 9th, November day here. The sun is shining. I'm feeling good. I had just ran to the top of this. It's a steady steady incline from where you park your car, and it's, it's about a little over half a mile, and I didn't stop once. Got it in six minutes, and it felt good. It felt good to run. Um, this year has been tough for me in running. Oh, here comes a person. So hold on. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. So uh, I was at the lookout. I just ran down, uh, but not before. I was blessed with a visitor named Ray. And Ray was coming up with a whole backpack and a giant camera. He was about, what, how, 78 years old. So he's 78 years old and I was like, what you, what you looking for, Ray? After, you know, we, t- we explained who we were and he was ta- telling me about eagles. And I'm like, eagles? I, I was like, I think I saw a couple eagles up here throughout the years. And I explained that I'd been coming up there for for almost, wow, t- almost, almost 20 years. And um, anyway, I'm driving right now, so if you hear a little bit of the bumpy mountain roads out here in west, western Pennsylvania, just let the vibe feel you. But anyway, he was like, yeah, Golden Eagles, They, you. this is part of their route south. They hug this, the mountain ridgeline, which travels pretty far and they use the updraft to to not use energy as they glide south for the winter and I thought that was really freaking cool that I got to experience that that uh, interesting information he was like yeah not a lot of people know that and I was like dude I didn't know that oh that guy's going into archery's archery right now good luck brother so anyway, uh, I decided to let Ray up there take some pictures and continue the podcast in my car after I had run down uh, from the top. So it's 4.5, wow, yeah, 4.5 miles, 0.45 miles down, did it in four and a half minutes, so on 6.0 pace, which isn't too bad, but it was easy going down. And that's something that's crazy too, running. I never was a very good runner. One, because it's up two Blue Jays. That's a good sign. Uh, I was never really a good runner, basically because I was very out of shape. And any in my younger years, anything that was hard, I kind of shied away from. I gave up on. So it wasn't too good at running. But anyway, when I started to this year and the beginning of... or the end of last year, 2019, I started to run, started to really embrace the run. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with uh, 
pushing the extra mile. I, I was getting up to, I, I ran a half marathon. Uh, da, 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 da. I want to say it was like in February or so. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Well, oh, heading to the highway. But I had a bike, excuse me, for the delay. I'm trying to drive. Maybe this isn't the best. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I had gotten into a bike accident where I had injured my leg. Uh, a woman had pulled out and I overcompensated, ended up flipping my bike. And I had, I just got MRIs on Monday. So it has been since, uh, since March, since that accident had happened. And uh, I just got my results on last Wednesday. I had torn my patella tendon, tore my meniscus. Now, a month afterwards, it, it was so painful where I was like, shit, this, uh, I blew my knee out. I couldn't even walk, couldn't even sleep sometimes. The pain was so bad. So I ended up going to the orthopedic and they gave me a bunch of exercises to do, which Thank God for that because it did alleviate a lot of the pain that I was experiencing, even in just stretching my hamstrings and my uh, and my quads the way that they had taught. Like it opened up my hips, my legs, and it just alleviated, I think, some tension that a lot of us probably just don't even think that's that's there, you know. And stretching can really help you out. Me and uh, me and a couple of my buddies were we're like 30, 32 age, and you know. A lot of us are in shape in the gym. You know, you can push some weight around or, or what have you, but that athletic um, conditioning is gone or, or it's lacking. I had uh, went to a football tryout a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and uh, doing the shuffling and the 40-yard dash. I was like, oh, my God. And mind you, I'm, my knee is torn and all that, but I could feel... Like, I felt like I was 16 again at Lifelines. If any of you guys know what that is, it was uh, one of the greatest conditioning uh, Wimber Football had. Coach DeMarco's wife, Mrs. Coach, held that and just, you can do anything for a minute, she would always say. And when we're, when we're literally doing jumping jacks with bowling pins and we're like, yeah, right, some of the, some of the best, uh, ah, some of the best ever. But anyway, um, I was sore. So... So anyway, I was sore back to running, <clears throat> uh, running down there, really checking in with my body. Like I've, I've realized that one, I love running and I want to get better. I don't want to get my knee healed and fixed and stuff, but it's just, it's a blessing if you're able to do that and to really take, take, take pride in that and the things that you do. So anyway, uh, back to this podcast and what we're talking about, where I was at, I was up there. Um, and how did I get there? It's Nogletown and I drove my car, which I haven't legally been able to do for two, two years and one month. So some of you who, who have tuned in before and know I, I had been to jail last year for 20 days for a DUI that I ran away from in Ocean City in 2015. 
Um, when I was in 2015, my life my life was a wreck, basically because I was not was not owning up. I wasn't taking responsibility for myself. So I would run away from things all the time. Hello, people. Hi. Um, people people getting firewood. Pretty cool. And the sun is bright, so that's amazing. But DUI, 2015. I served in jail last year. My sentence was to lose my license, but I had gotten pulled over. I got pulled over in October. Oh, and here's the breathalyzer right now. Excuse me. All right, I passed. Very good. So, I got pulled over, and luckily, uh, they just let me go because I had—I didn't even have a uh, license. My license had been suspended because I had ran. Um, they let me go to get it figured out, which I ended up calling um, the arresting uh, the judge in, in, in Maryland. Had to go to trial, which was. April, so I had lost my license then from um, October, but waited till April to go down to the trial, and then I had to serve 20 days in jail and lost my license for a year, starting on the day I got out of jail. So it has been quite, quite the two two years and one month of of humbling motherfucking experience. <laughs> like for real though, like I. I have grown so much in that with it with the taking away of that that luxury that we have here you know you play <clears throat> when I went to jail one of the first first conversations I had with uh, a kid named Steven at it was at lunch and we were talking about why he got there he's like you play stupid games you win stupid prizes and that that has never been more true in in my life uh learning the hard way my sister had just shared something like i i apparently i learned things the hard way and it's like for me yes that's uh that's what i had done learning things the hard way a lot in my younger youth and and then now i try to be way more aware of the things and the the people places and things that are uh that i'm doing so <clears throat> No license for two years, one month. Humbling experience. Crazy time. You know, learning, humbling myself and going on the bus and having to <clears throat> ask people for rides and not wanting to go places because you didn't know how you were going to get home and Uber's $100 a week and just a mess, you know? So, thank God. I'm so thankful to God that that God has come into my life. So that, that's kind of where this podcast is, is focused on. It is called, I'm going to name it, Rule Number 76, Play Like a Champion. And now some of you probably know what that, where that's from. Shout out to my buddy Matt, uh, Wedding Crashers. She's still in the house. But he says, you know, no excuse, roll, roll 76, no excuses. Play like a champion. And we'll get into a little later, what does that mean to be a champion? Because I find that 
when I was in jail, God had spoke, spoke to me. And in a way that I never thought was going to happen. And it has opened my eyes to what being a champion means. And, and I would like to share that with you today. I was going to do this podcast again up at the lookout. We got rerouted, so we're driving and uh, we're on a good road, Cub Run Road, if those of you who are familiar with that road. The sun is shining. It is beautiful out right now. You can hardly see, though. The sun is so bright. It's amazing. It's in November. So, so where I had left you off in this story... I had just explained about running and I had just explained about what it means to be a champion and how uh, God had come to me and talked to me in jail last year. And I'll, I'm going to explain this story to you. So recapping again, um, I was in jail for a DUI, running away from a DUI, mind you. He told me that, uh, the judge, he told me if I wouldn't have ran away, I probably wouldn't have done jail time. But everything happens for a reason, Right. So, uh, the jail story, which is on here, um, on this podcast, I won't go into all the details, but I will tell you the story of how, um, how God spoke to me. Now, again, I jump around a lot. That's just my mind, but, uh, I meditated in, in the Jesus prayer today. So I am calmer, more focused, um, than the other se- uh, sections of this podcast. It is November 10th, and the time is now 8.38. So we're a, we're a whole day from uh, the beginning of this podcast, but the day got a little away from me yesterday and hung out with some my sisters. And Anyway, so back to jail. Now, as I was in jail... I was starting, I was already in the process, and I'm still in the process, of personal growth, of, of healing um, myself from the trauma and, the, and all of the stuff that had happened from trauma of the deaths of my dad, my mother, my best friend, and significant family members, not saying that none of them are, that not all of them are significant, but like my aunt, my grandfather, things like that, my grandparents, in a very short amount of time, uh, it left me very confused, angry, um, prideful in my lusts, uh, doing some bad behaviors and spending money frivolously and using alcohol to cope, hence me getting a DUI, the second one, and being in jail. But again, like I said, I was cultivating that, that mindset of, of growth, but healing, you know, and in growth comes healing, and that's what I really needed to do, um, because you can't necessarily grow if you're injured, you know, you got to heal the wounds first. So that's what I had been doing for the last almost two years, uh, expedited by my, my, L, my first LSD trip two years prior, which opened up my mind to thinking of, of death and releasing of guilt that I had had for the, the, the suicides of my father and my best friend. So uh, on this path of, of personal, personal growth, 
I didn't start off as a Christian. I mean, I, I, and I say that in the terms, like I probably, in my heart, I believe I was always a Christian and always believed, but I didn't understand. And in the pain uh, and in the hurt and in the trauma, I attached to people, places, and things that made me feel good at the time. And sometimes, if you're not in understanding of the way and of the word, you will attach to things that are not outrightly against Christianity, but, you know, different thoughts. But in my case, uh, I was outright against. I was, I claimed to be atheist. Um, I read the atheist, all the, a lot of authors that um, are champions for the atheist thesis. Uh, and I was, I was in it. And I, I realized as I dove more into my mind, and the understanding of my psyche and how I had been affected that a lot of my anger was with God. And so inadvertently, I discredited him at every step I could. Well, I started to heal and I started to grow, but there's sorry, there was always this, this void. There was always this void and I couldn't quite place it. I couldn't quite place it. I was I was just trying to be the best physical shape I could be, best personal trainer, best motivational speaker, but it was always lacking. And I can say full-heartedly now what was lacking was God. Um, but about six months before I went to jail, before I even turned, two months before I even turned myself in, it was in December, and this man had come up to me at... The gym touches me on the arm and says, um, and mind you, I'm on the bike and I'm in it. Like I'm riding the bike like crazy, going full speed, trying to reach a high score <laughs> uh, for, I think it was like an hour high score. How many miles can get in an hour? I think my high score was like 26 or something like that on the bikes at Planet. But I was in it, headphones in, sweating. This guy just finally... Builds up the courage, taps me on the shoulder. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but but I gotta just tell you, God, God's telling me I gotta talk to you. And I'm like, well, I can't say I'm not surprised. <laughs> and and I didn't say that, but I kind of felt that because I don't know if any of you have ever kind of run away from things that you know are true. And you're, you're running away because you're mad or you're angry and you don't want to look at it. But then when it's pre- presented to you, you're like, yeah, duh. Well, that's kind of the feeling with this. And he was like, God's telling me I, I, I'm, I need to talk to you. But you've been through a lot of pain in your life. And that he, he wants you to accept him back into your heart because he has, he has a lot of, oh gosh, this is crazy. He has big plans for you. Now, mind you, I've never met this man in my life. But him saying that, I started crying. I started tearing up. Because I knew. That's what I felt. That's what I, I kind of, maybe I didn't realize it yet, but that's what I knew that I was missing. He asked to pray with me. And we prayed right there. Right there on the, tra- uh, on the bikes. And um, I, was, I asked him if he knew who I was. And he said, I have no clue who you are. I'm... Me and my wife are missionaries. We just got back from Africa. And I was like, holy crap. 
like God works. And even right there in that moment, I didn't quite understand. And I just kind of thought it was a coincidence. And what I've come to learn that there are no coincidences in this life. That everything happens for a reason. Even if you don't get it at the time. So I remember um, leaving and going to Applebee's where I was a server. And I was I was singing the Our Father prayer. And, and I think I mentioned this in one of the stories too is... This woman who had just started working there runs in the kitchen. Oh my gosh, you're singing that. You have a beautiful voice. What, what, what church do you belong to? Well, I don't really belong to a church. Oh my gosh, uh, what religion? And I said, well, I was raised Orthodox Christian. She's like, oh my gosh, me too. My, my church is Christ the Savior Cathedral in Johnstown. I know that church. That's the cathedral. I went to St. Peter and Paul's. It's in Wimber. She said, my son's William Bennett. William Bennett is now a priest in New York. And Will was uh, a good camp buddy out at Camp Nazareth. And, and I looked at her and it, the world was so, such a small co- world coincidence as a, but there are no coincidences. God puts people in your, in your world, an opportunity in your world when you need it, even if you don't want it. Well, she started taking me to church. And we, we, we started taking to church and I started to cultivate my understanding with God, at least, at least what the religious, what, what religion said and what we needed to do and what, what, what uh, commandments and you see it in the people, especially people who live, live a Christian life. They, they exude it. They, they, they live it. And I mean the core of it, not the diluted, not the almighty judgmental righteous christians that you that give christianity a bad name it's not what i've seen and i have seen that i've seen that uh, many areas in my life but um so i started to have a good, better understanding of what what god meant what 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 it was a what it meant to be a christian i saw it in the people in the acts that the people that had come to, come to me and helped me and my friends. and So the understanding was there, but I didn't really attach to it yet, you know? So fast forward a couple months. Jail. Now, in jail, you don't get much free time. You get to leave for gym. There was an AA class, and then there was a class or uh, event called church. About half of us went to this, and I remember go, getting in there, sitting in like a semicircle with this, this gentleman who's explaining like how Christ and being a Christian has impacted his life, and it was pretty cool, and you know, he's asking anyone want to talk, and Bobby, who, the first dude who talked to me in jail, he gave me shorts and a radio, God bless you, Bobby, God bless you, man. Um, but he's like, this man's story right here, this man's story is crazy, Talk, talking about my story, I'm like, I was like, fuck Bobby, like, I don't, I don't want to, I didn't really want anyone to know about my life and what I did, but just because I didn't want, like, it's not about that, it's not about look at me, you know, but he's like, this man's story, and so I kind of just gave a little bit about my life and lost my parents and, and how I love Christianity because God is love. God is love, you know, love one another. Jesus said it. It's a golden rule, like yourself. And that's what I was saying. Like, I find that in that, you know, 
we can bridge any gap. We can conquer anything. And so we started talking and, and, and it reinforced the raising of your hand. Like Bobby raised my hand for me. But in me telling my story to this group of young men, and, and I don't even mean young men, but some of them were older than me, they started talking about their lives and their, their experience and their, their wonderings and um, relationship with, with God. It was pretty cool. You started to hear some of these people's story. Well, in this, you could see that God was working because... When you start to talk around God with about God with more than one people and people are asking questions and people are starting to tell their stories and you know stories are important. I always say that they're so important. I had this overwhelming feeling come upon me. You're gonna lead the prayer at the end of this. And I I knew I was going to, but I made a deal. <laughs> and here I am looking at my cross I made right now. I made a deal and I said, I can't take it. I'm, I, will, I will, if it is given to me, I will do it, but I'm not taking it. Like, meaning I'm not going to just start saying it. So, it comes time. We're all finishing up. I think we were in there for about an hour, an hour and a half. And it was a good session. And we all stand up and the guy's like, well, I'm going to lead in a prayer. And... We all hold hands. And everyone's, there's like, there's like that, that awkward time where everyone's like, well, who's going to say something? And wouldn't you know it? Will, who I never knew prior to being in jail, but he was a Red Raider, same as me, Shippensburg University, but he left a year before I got there. He played football like me. He knew the coaches like me. He understood the language and he just, he got it. We, we immediately connected in that sense. He looks at me and goes, all right, Josh, get it. Like we were, at, we were about to break the huddle. I pulled everyone in like it was a huddle, hands up in the middle. And I can't quite remember exactly what I said, but I know I said, gentlemen, we're here for a reason. And we have the opportunity to learn from our mistakes in here and help each other grow. And it went on like that. And I said, amen. We, we, broke, we broke on amen. And I was like, wow, I can't believe it. But I could believe it. You know, it's again, like you could believe it, but it's like, oh my gosh, there's confirmation. Like that really happened. No exaggeration. Now I break the huddle. Amen. I look to my left. I can't make this shit up. On a on a bookshelf of all black black Bibles, there's that are spines out. There's one book that is facing. It has its face to the to the crowd, and it is orange, and it says Joshua. That's my name. So, I immediately walk over. It says a parable for this time. Oh, I have it right here with me, actually. It's my favorite book. Um, a parable for today. I didn't know what this book was, but it had my name on it. So I asked the guy, can we take it? And he's like, yeah, you can take any book. And I was like, wow, God's working. God's really working. Like I'm, I'm, And it freaked me out a little bit because, you know, 
faith is a thing. We're, we're supposed to have blind faith. But I was seeing it. I was feeling it in my life. I was feeling it in the connections. And I still feel it today when I'm, when I'm seeking God. So I go back to my cell and I start reading this book. And <laughs> it's set... Here's the first thing it says. Sometimes it happens after 2,000 years, the human race may be given another chance. And it explains how this, this man, Joshua, which is Jesus in Hebrew, Joshua, comes to this small town, this rural town. I think it's in the early 90, 1990s. And how he impacts this town through the way of Jesus Christ. He lives it. He lives it in his interactions, how he is disciplined, how he loves, how he cares, and how he talks. There was multiple times in that book where I had to put it down because I would just be weeping. I would be crying. Tears of joy. Tears of joy because... It was like I was given a handbook to life. I had been searching for so long and it was, I had to go to jail to find it, to believe it, to see it, to feel it. Not discrediting my, my childhood in it, but it wasn't there full heartedly in my heart as it is now. And it didn't start, it didn't ignite until, until I really read the, that book. As of now, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the fourth time I've read it. And even right now it's emotional because I'd be in my jail cell in Maryland knowing no one on my knees praying, thanking God, thanking God for, for showing me the way. And I saw it. And I saw it. I saw the way Jesus, what it meant, what it is. It is the example. He is the example of how we're supposed to live our life. So, I came back, and I started to read. I started to seek God more. I started to, I started to um, seek God, like really seek God. And I mean that, like, he's not a he's not a distant destination that I need to travel to. It's I wake up and my thoughts are already there. I'm thanking him. As of now, I'm I'm pray I'm trying to do some prayer in the book, uh, the way of the disciple, uh, the way of the pilgrim. Excuse me. By uh, oh, it's translated by Olga. Seven. Uh, it's about this young man who is on his journey to seek uh, what it means for unceasing prayer, and the the Jesus prayer, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, or Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. If you continuously pray it, it becomes not a prayer of, um, of something to do, but it becomes a way of life for you. If you're constantly seeking God and concentrating on Him and being in communion and communication, your life, will, your life will elevate. And so, those of you who who known me after the deaths of my 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 mom and dad and I was a wreck I was a I was a havoc 
I was the Hulk with no control, reckless, blowing all my money, seeking everything but God. I wasted a lot of time. Time's not wasted if you learn, but I went down a lot of paths. And I sinned a lot. So, going back to rule number 76, play like a champion. And that's funny because it's from Step Brothers and, you know, he's there talking about getting girls and it's funny. But I started to think about the other day, like, what does it really mean to be a champion? Because once I started this path of personal development... It didn't start with God. It started, it started with my, my, my want and my need to progress and to be better and to heal. And it was a lot of selfish idolation that served me well. And you can get far and you can go forward, you know, with self and, and, and thinking that. And that's, that's all well and good. But you won't go as far. At least spiritually, if you're not tuning into to God, at least in my experience, and and I say that because my life has only progressed, and I don't necessarily mean that in the sense of material things, which it has, but in the sense of peace in my mind, in my heart, discipline gratitude, love, the connections. I find that the more I seek God, the people that shouldn't be in my life kind of fade away. Naturally, good terms. And the ones that need to be in my life gravitate towards me. And things work. And again, I'm thinking about what it means to be a champion. And so so this book, Joshua, taught me about Jesus and it taught me about how he walked and how he lived how he was a champion and how he loved and that's kind of like that's one of those big things and now what does a champion do the champion loves others of course but he must love himself first because how can you love yourself or how can you love others if you can't love yourself and even if you can love others without loving yourself, is that the full love that you could, you could be given to the other person if you would fully love yourself too? And I would venture to say it's not. And then for dreams and for goals, you'll never accomplish them to the full extent that you can accomplish them if you don't love yourself. Because guilt, shame, anger that you place on yourself will only hold you back. And God teaches us to love ourselves and to not be hard on ourselves, but to learn from our mistakes and really repent in them. For he can see it all. He can see it all. And it all will be revealed. So be true. Seeking God is seeking truth. And when you have faith, you're honest. Because you know that your faith is a contract to be good. 
because your faith is in God, who is always good, and Jesus, who has shown you how to do it. And that is what it means to be a champion. But you got to love yourself first. You got to heal yourself first. And you got to believe in yourself. My life is continuously, I'm continuously growing, I'm continuously learning. But all of the things that had happened to me, I see. I see now that they have been fortifying me for the greater good that I can accomplish. And the mindset on that is never bitter, always getting better. You know, you can spend a lot of time feeling sorry for yourself. You can spend a lot of time making up excuses, even if those excuses are pretty, pretty valid. They limit you. They hold you back. They put you in a box. Champions know what they want. And if they, if, if they don't know how to get it, they learn. They educate themselves. They take the time. They put in the effort. They understand delayed gratification. And that's something of, of note because right now in our world, in our society, every, everything is so fast-paced. Everything is now, now, now. Patience is a virtue. And suffering, long-suffering is a virtue in the sense of enduring the growth. Because growth hurts. Growing pains. But if you seek God, He'll get you through it. He'll level you up. He'll let you see. I feel like I, I was blind and now I'm found. And you know, that sounds so cliche to say, but that is the truth. The sight that I have gained, the wisdom that I have, the synchronicities that are abounding. I give it all to God. Now, I have, I, I understand the view of religion in the sense that it is had it has gotten a bad rap because it has been doing bad things. It has fallen away from the, the true teachings of Christ, what God meant when he sent his son. It has become politis, political, it has become power hungry, money, and it has become something that it was never intended to be. And in some places, it, it is good, and it is exactly what it is meant to be. You know, there, but there's always room for improvement. But any of the, you who are on the fence, or even on, in left field with it, against it, you've been hurt by it. Know that you're not alone in that, because so was I. And I was away from the church for a long time. Again, if, if you've been with me, I was an atheist, or I claimed to be for a while. But that yearning in my heart was so loud that God intervened. 
and he'll intervene and he'll place things in your life good things but you got to start tuning into him to see them to see them for what they are to have discernment to know that they are good and to take the opportunity when it arises If you study the Bible, and if you study Jesus' teachings, you will find that there is truth there. It is truth and it is the way. Read it. I was skeptical, so I started to read. I had questions, so I started to ask. And everything that I am finding is true and has helped me. beautiful so so look at this 29 about to be 29 minutes well fear not and give thanks as much as you can for the little things for the things that you take take for granted for the smiles from your family, for the check-ins from your friends. Give thanks for those. And the champion, the champion realizes this. And the champion does things that he or she does not want to do but knows they must for the greater good. And it doesn't necessarily mean, have to mean the greater good of the world, but the greater good of their world, their family, their people. Rise to the occasion. Today at Bible study, our priest said, everyone can be a saint. Anyone can be a saint. Anyone can be a champion, a champion for Christ. But it's our own insecurities, self-doubts, excuses that get in the way. A champion doesn't let excuses hold him back. So, homework for today. Check in with yourself. Are you where you, are you, you want to be? Are you where you want to be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially? What do you want? Give more than you receive. Check in with yourself and give more than you receive, even to the smallest amount. And I mean, I don't mean money. It could be time, it could be effort, it could be hope, it could be anything that, that gives of yourself. Seek God, give more than you receive. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, I know I go on a lot of tangents. If anything I want to talk, if you want to hear me talk about, please, please comment, please share. I try to share my stories and, and my findings to help to show that you're not alone.
because you're not. Okay. Have a beautiful evening or morning or afternoon. God bless you all. Let's go.